Flying Talkers podcast is brought to you today by your global sales force, ATC Aviation. For 30 years, one world, one global air cargo GSSA. ATC is your guide and your key to air freight markets, both local and international. For more information and the ATC experience up close and personal, go to www.atc-aviation.com. That's www.atc-aviation.com. And tell them Flying Talkers sent you. Last week, on September 25th, was a big day for Virgin Cargo. And Dominic Kennedy, the managing director of the cargo operation over there, had to say this, quote, We're delighted to welcome Tel Aviv to our network. It's an important cargo route, and we've been extremely encouraged by the level of interest in bookings for both our direct services between London and Tel Aviv and the U.S. connections we now offer over our London hub. That's what Dom had to say about that new flight. Guess what? Tel Aviv touched down at Ben-Gurion International Airport on September 25th, as mentioned. And from now on, Virgin's daily Airbus A330, 300 flights will offer 20 tons of cargo capacity to and from London Heathrow. Dom goes on to say, fast connections with Virgin Atlantic's network serving major gateways in the United States Israel's biggest trading partner, and strong support expected from freight forwarders, while we're very confident we'll gain a healthy share of the high volumes of pharmaceutical, e-commerce express, and valuable shipments, as well as high-tech products, fresh produce, and other general cargo. Look, Virgin Cargo's Cargo Capacity X Israel is being marketed by our partner WTA Aviation, while Swissport is providing cargo handling service in Tel Aviv. And later this month, in October, we'll see further expansion of Virgin Atlantic's long-haul cargo network when it recommences daily London-Mumbai services. And in early 2020, the airline will focus on its first operation in South America with a new daily Sao Paulo route. That's Virgin, brother. Time to get on board. This is Jeffrey Aaron. You know, every time we get a letter from Trieste, Italy, an email, we're so happy to see it because we know it's from Marco Sorghetti. He weaves the tale with an up-close-and-personal visit with Fiat stalwart and transportation professional Ivan Petrov today. Marco, who served as Director General of Fiat for so many years it could make you cry, knows the people and times of Fiat in 2019 like no one else. This heartwarming story, part of our exclusive series on behalf of freight forwarders worldwide, will continue in 2019-2020. And these are Marco's words. Let me start this article from New York City. I'm sure our Fiat fellow, Jeffrey Aaron, say moi, would approve of this choice. I do. 
We must go back to the times when the Soviet Empire was coming to an end. As we all know, the Eastern Bloc was coming to a relatively sudden crunch at the end of the 1980s. Marco writes, let me start this article from New York City. I'm sure our Fiat fellow Jeffrey Aaron, say moi, of course I do, Marco, would approve of this choice. We must go back to the times when the Soviet Empire was coming to an end. As we all know, the Eastern Bloc was coming to a relatively sudden crunch at the end of the 1980s. Precisely at that point in time, Ivan Petrov found himself in New York City where he had been invited from his native Bulgaria, at that time still under USSR's influence, in order to acquire more experience in the art of running a private business. His host was none other than the successful and enterprising Helmut Kleistock, who was owner of Transworld Shipping Corp, a thriving freight forwarding company. In those crucial years, Berta and Helmut Kleistock invited and adopted Ivan, whose experience had been most exclusively in Despred, the Sofia-based national monopoly which covered both the forwarding business and the association duties in Bulgaria. Naturally, Ivan made friends with Berta's son Gary, who's still active in business today, but no longer in his father's company as he, as he was in those days. This is how Gary Kleinstadt sums up his own experience in the forwarding business, just for a moment here. I've had an unusually broad exposure to the brokerage and forwarding industry virtually growing up in it. Starting in my teens and advancing through the ranks of Transworld, a mid-sized company owned by my family, I worked in every area of the business, traveled extensively and succeeded my father as president in 1996, a position I held until our merger with Laufer Group International in June of 2008. Since early in my career, I've been an active participant in local, national, and international industry associations. Starting out on various committees, I've served on the boards of both the New York, New Jersey Foreign Freight Forwarders and Brokers Association and Nas National Customs Brokers and Freight Forwarders Association, NCBFAA. I was approached by FIATA, the International Association of Forwarders Association, to help solicit the NCBFAA's membership and acted as a liaison between those two organizations for over 10 years. Well, here's the Ivan factor. With the heroin bubble in the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, 1980s New York City could be a hard place to live for some, but it was so full of life and expectations. It, is it not still so today? Marco queries that living in New York was surely a life-changing experience for many. Well, this is precisely what happened to Ivan, who spent his time in the States dutifully studying and acquiring business experiences that were not only unique for the times, but instrumental in his future development. Upon his arrival back in Sofia, Ivan found a reality he could not have anticipated, at least not in the dimension of those winds of change that had impressed. The transition time from the Soviet regime in the Eastern Bloc was in a way abrupt and obligatory. Ivan had opened his own business in 1991, Trans Express Limited and Translog Cargo, and went to the USA to make contacts and experience. 
When he was back, he was rapidly establishing a successful alternative to the state-owned Despred, wherefrom he had been expelled on his return from America. Perhaps some of our readers, in particular those who are a little bit older, can figure out which uncertainty and difficulties Ivan must have gone through in his long journey from communist Sofia to the international arena represented by Fiat, where he also had been catapulted by his international experience. He had, in fact, been Despred's man to liaise with Fiat to organize the 1989 Fiat Congress in Sofia, which Ivan turned into a double-edged opportunity. Ivan made precious acquaintances and friends who turned out to be the springboard of his future success. But he also shown sufficient talent and entrepreneurship to make him incompatible with as a rigid Moore's state-owned company such as Desperate. Sounds like the old square peg in the round hole. Well, here's the Fiat leadership connection. 30 years on, Ivan Petrov today is one of the three Fiat senior vice presidents and as such, one of the seven members of the exclusive Fiat presidency. Ivan, Marco says, will be situated in Cape Town this week during the Fiat World Congress. When I come to the point of bringing such information together, I always have the impression that events don't happen by chance, Marco said. There's an amount of wonder in things that happen around us that always surprises me. It's quite wonderful that Ivan was put in contact with Mr. Kleinstadt through Despred and Fiata. He went to New York for a while and he learned his ways to develop a business that would modernize the Bulgarian logistics landscape. The Bulgarian forwarding industry was in dire want of expertise and free trade and business management when the monopolistic culture of the Eastern Bloc was coming to its natural end. This is all quite awe-inspiring, Marco says, but not unusual in Fiat, as my experience in the association later taught me. Ivan and I met in Vienna in 1997 when he appeared to me as a relatively young, six years younger than me, born in 58, enterprising and intriguing guy. We were both entrepreneurs and both had asymmetrical eyes, as I happened to notice. <laughs> we discussed some business, but we didn't start to find compatible ground so that we could start off an impromptu business agreement. For unknown reasons, Marco said, Ivan seemed to rely on me as an experienced person in the world of associations and fiat. Well, on the contrary, I had almost no experience at all, Marco smiles. I was there and then in Vienna as a delegate sent by Fedespedi while serving as president of the local association in Turin. But that's how our friendship started. It managed to continue undisturbed through the many changes of my life when I later moved to Trieste, attracted by Fedespedi's president, Mr. Roberto Prioglio, and further when I moved to Klikot in Brussels and eventually to Zurich to become Fiat's DG. Before we noticed it, we'd been friends for 25 years. What I found in Ivan, Marco said, was a gem that is seldom found in the predominantly male environment of the freight forwarding business. A man whose knowledge was already quite developed, 
he had already reached his PhD in logistics, having studied in his homeland, Bulgaria, in Moscow, Vienna, and the USA. He had a person who was still very keen to learn and exchange experiences without the least intention to impart any lessons, even when he had clearly a wider experience in his interlocutors. He also had and still shows a strangely realistic sense of humor, which is allow, allows him to look at some of the unpleasant elements of life as elements of a puzzle, whose downers are scattered here and there so that the picture never becomes boring, without losing hope that in the end everything will work out. I had once visited Ivan in Bulgaria, Marco said, when I lived in the Slovenian part of Italy working for Mr. Prioblio. His wife, Svetla, and Ivan were great hosts for me. They had inquired about my taste and made sure that the business came in some entertainment. In this case, a jaunt to the monastery of Rila was quite, 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 quite beautifully done. As Ivan knew that entertainment and culture were going hand in hand for me, that just made him such a perfect host. The site in Rila was Wonderful indeed, both historically and for its architecture and painted vaults. If you happen to visit Bulgaria, Marco notes, or northern Greece, my advice is to devote one of your leisure days to visit this 1,000-year-old pearl. It will be good for your soul, as well as for your body, as the local food nearby is quite wonderful as well. When I started thinking about this article, Marco notes, I, I caught Ivan in London where he had taken his family to eat and celebrate his daughter Kalina's grade. First class with honors, Bachelor of Science in Economics and Mathematics, Natural Sciences at the University of Durham. Family photos, teachers, library, everything speaks of achievement, hard work and the joy that accomplishment brings to those who are ready to sacrifice and aim at higher objectives. The joyful smiles and the gestures and the pictures inform us of the achieved satisfaction that Ivan's family breathes. These pictures are all around these people at all times. And it's not even the first time. Mima, Ivan's other daughter, made the grade at the University of Lancaster in management in a twin program with Milan's Bocconi in 2018. The Petros are clearly a happy couple who managed to steer their vessel through the sea of the historical changes their country went through in a manner to come ashore with satisfaction, get married, make kids, and manage a very successful freight forwarding business. Kudos to this inspiring group of extraordinary individuals. With all sincerity, love, and affection, Marco Sorghetti. Thanks for that, Marco. This is Jeffrey Aaron. Women in Aviation Workforce Report, just published by the group Women in Aviation International, reveals that while women are underrepresented in many areas of aviation, the areas with the largest gaps include technical operations and leadership positions. The report shows that women make up less than 10% of pilots, maintenance, technicians, and airline executives. While continued outreach to underrepresented groups in all areas of aviation is essential for the further development of the aviation workforce, 
Women Workforce Report also reveals areas that require additional emphasis that include pilots, maintenance technicians, aerospace engineers, dispatchers, cybersecurity experts, airport managers, air traffic controllers, and a continued focus on the need for women in aviation leadership position. Well, there are many excellent outreach programs in aviation. These results can assist in providing additional information on where to focus outreach efforts as an industry, a woman in aviation spokesman declared. Simply put, increasing the number of women in the field will help meet the needs of industry. In particular, more emphasis is needed to build upon the 3% women airline executives and the 1% women airline captains. While increasing the number of women on the flight deck is important, it is equally important to increase the number of women in the left seat and the number of women in the board seats. So if you want to read this Women in Aviation Workforce report, it's at WAI.org. This is Jeffrey Aaron, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time, keep on flying air cargo. And look for a lady in the right or left seat. Goodbye. <laughs>